everyone, this is 30 Day Trek. I'm your host, Lucanand, and in this episode, we are covering the Season 6 episode of Voyager, Muse. This is the one where Bolana Torres crashes the Delta Flyer on an L-class planet in its pre-industrial era during an away mission to find Dilithium. The ship is discovered by Kellis, a poet who runs an open theater Greek chorus troupe of actors and uses Bolana's distress call as the basis of a new play. This play pleases their wealthy patron, a nobleman who asks for another one in a week, and in exchange for helping Bolana fix the Delta Flyer and get the subspace beacon online, Kellis learns more about the Voyager Eternals and uses this as the basis for their next play in hopes that it'll avert an oncoming war. Muse is an episode of Voyager that I feel deserves to get a lot more attention for what it accomplishes. Written by Joe Minoski, this is an episode that very much fits within his wheelhouse as the writer who wrote the Star Trek episodes that had the more out-there concepts. His most famous episode of TNG was the Season 5 classic Darmok, which introduced the Tamarians, an alien race that communicated via metaphor and has probably taught more people about Gilgamesh, the oldest recorded story in human history, than every high school English class and university literature course. And in this episode, he uses the framing device of a Greek course theater to basically break down a Star Trek episode to its essential parts and put it back together in a classic style, as well as do a meta-commentary on modern-day storytelling via television, as seen with the scenes of the actors as they go off script and try to understand the Voyager Eternals they're portraying, and Kels himself being admonished by an elder actor who tells him to find the truth of his story and not be lazy and rely on manipulation, to which Kellis says that modern audiences demand excitement and passion. And when Kellis brings Bolana to their rehearsal, and she sees for herself what Kellis has done with Voyager, she expresses skepticism over what he's trying to accomplish. What did you think? Captain Janeway kissing Commander Chakotay. Tom Paris kissing Seven of Nine. I don't see the point. Anger is like fire. Love can be the rain that extinguishes it. My patron is filled with hatred for his rival. So our play should be filled with love. You can't change somebody's way of life with a few lines of dialogue. Yes, you can. It's been done before. Do you know what this place used to be? A hundred years ago? A temple. And this was the altar stone. Every year, a victim would be sacrificed on it in honor of winter. And then one year, nobody remembers exactly when or why, a play took the place of the ritual. And no one had to die here again. Why can't my play take the place of a war? Well, you're going to have to do a lot better than Harry Kim kissing the Delaney sisters. Why? Because... When you think that you are surrounded by enemies, when you're up against the Borg or, or Species A472, the last thing on your mind is romance. You're an eternal. You have to help me. I'm sorry, Kellis. The Borg. Tell me more about them. They're soldiers, part of a vast army. They all think the same thoughts, and they travel on ships that look like hives. Like insect colonies. They even have a queen. That sounds terrifying. 
Captain Janeway hasn't been able to destroy them. She is a Starfleet officer, trained to avoid violence whenever possible. She would make peace with the Borg if she could. This is what I need. An enemy. Someone to stand in the way of Voyager finding Milana Torres. Captain Janeway, driven by vengeance, must seek out the Queen of the Borg. The audience thinks she plans to destroy them all. But... Go on. The sudden reversal! Captain Janeway, holding her spear at the Queen's throat, throws her weapon aside. She argues passionately to put an end to their conflict. In words, no one will fail to understand. Including your patron. <sighs> it's much better than all that kissing. When it comes to Star Trek as a whole, I was never a fan that focused on either the scientific accuracy, which always felt more like a pretense than anything else, or the minutia of the ships, the uniforms, and ranks that so many other fans obsess over. And unless if it's particularly egregious, I've learned to let go of continuity and whether or not everything lines up, since trying to do that with 900 plus episodes and 13 films over 57 years will drive you insane. I've always focused more on the stories themselves, the morals, meanings, and messages that each episode and film were espousing, and the characters and their journeys that they were on. That is what makes Star Trek part of our modern-day literature and mythology, which is why Nick Meyer had the Moby Dick runner in Wrath of Khan and the constant Shakespeare quotes in The Undiscovered Country, and why in this case, Minowski has the framing device of a Greek choir complete with half-masks on sticks that, if you look closely, has Bolana's forehead ridges, Chakotay's tattoo, Seven's implants, and Janeway's hair. In taking the familiar story of the shuttle crash episode and transplanting it back to the equivalent of ancient Greece, Muse demonstrates the necessity and power of storytelling and its ability to change minds and shape humanity. As for the episode itself, the memory alpha page on this episode was pretty light in terms of trivia. The most noteworthy things about it was that this episode was Emmy nominated for Outstanding Costumes in a Series, which was typical of the franchise in that the majority of the Emmy nominations that I got over the years was in the technical categories. This episode was a favorite of costume designer Robert Blackman, who asked Mike Vehar, the episode's director, if he could show off the numerous togas and shrouds as much as possible. Joseph Will, the actor who played Kellis, said that this episode was a big challenge for him and that the script was being constantly revised all the way up to when they were about to film the scenes. But he had experience with Star Trek in a unique way and that he was in the filmed part of the now-defunct Star Trek The Experience Borg Invasion 4D attraction in Las Vegas that ran for 10 years from 1998 to 2008. He would then later show up on Enterprise after being one of the final two actors considered for Trip. Character actor Bingo strikes again as one of the chorus members is played by Tony Amendola, who played Bratak on Star Trek SG-1 and Geppetto in Once Upon a Time. As for the scenes on Voyager as they search for Bolana and Harry Kim, the moment of Tuvok falling asleep on the bridge as he had been awake for 10 days straight was a humorous moment that worked for me. And my only real complaint about the episode is that the side character of Lena, the actress who becomes jealous of Bolana, was an unnecessary character beat that the episode could have cut out and not lost anything. It's a manipulation that the elder actor would have called out. But despite that one character development that went nowhere, Muse is a great episode that touches on the role that Star Trek plays as part of our modern mythology and the importance of storytelling, which the franchise will touch on again in an episode that I'm planning on covering. 
Join me tomorrow when we go back to the 2150s with Enterprise and what I feel is the only legitimately good episode of that first season. Live long and prosper, and also live well.